This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Thank you. Danke. Merci. Gracias. And, as Bennett always said when he was little, thank you. Clearly, the enunciation on these words is off. However, the underlying meaning is clear. Saying thank you is a really easy way to express appreciation and two simple words that I very much believe in. Something else that I've learned to appreciate even more than I did before are friendships, especially the friendships that have traveled with me throughout the years. Now, don't get me wrong. When it comes to friendships, it hasn't always been light and fluffy. I'm Becky Zarr, and this is The Blind Reality. Friendship can be tricky regardless of your life circumstances. Some friends come into your life for a period of time, teach you something, and then move on. Other friends come into your life and last a lifetime. I've found myself being let down by the loss of some of my friendships as a result of my vision loss. I believe that for some people, my vision loss has been too hard for them to accept or even begin to adapt to. For a long time, this was really hard for me to accept and respect. But I now realize some friendships are worth fighting for and others should simply be let go. When reflecting back over my life, I've had the privilege of having countless really amazing friends. For example, as kids, if we've ever had a sleepover, or if we've hung out on a Saturday night, or if we've visited while watching our kids play hockey, if you have my phone number, or if we've ever shared a laugh while at work, thank you. Thank you for being you and for being my friend. To me, all of these amazing people that I've had the privilege of calling my friend, I believe that each one of you has contributed to the person that I am today. I believe that our closest friends are the family that we get to pick. I have an older brother. He's one of the people that I most look up to in this entire world, but don't tell him that. I have amazing brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws but something technically that I don't have is a sister. I've always wondered what it would be like to have a sister, somebody you can call any time of the day without hesitation and you can talk about anything. Somebody that would start laughing even before you finish telling your story because they would know exactly what was going to come out of your mouth. To me, a sister is somebody that comes to your home and you don't feel like you have to entertain. You simply visit and are present. A person where the awkward silence isn't awkward. Someone that you can share your biggest secrets, hopes, and dreams with without the fear of judgment. And most of all, somebody that just loves you and is there for you no matter what. On paper, I may not have a sister, but in my heart, it most definitely feels like I do. Because what I just described are the relationships that I have with my two very best friends. 
Aaron, and Valine. Aaron, I've known since I was 14. Together, we have decades of history and memories. Valine, on the other hand, I actually didn't get to meet her until after I lost my sight, which to me shows our huge heart and amazing level of integrity. Regardless of where and when our friendships exactly started, these two beautiful souls enrich my life with friendships beyond anything I could have ever imagined. When I think of Aaron, I can't help but smile and have the feeling of excitement run throughout my mind. She represents my youth, innocence, and consistency. Growing up, there really weren't many days that Erin and I didn't see each other or at least talk. Even when she had moved, we remained connected. I could list all the various ways that makes our relationship unique and special. But ironically, because Erin was such an important person in my life for so long, it made it really hard for me to tell her about my vision loss. Not because of any type of criticism or judgment that she was going to hold towards me, but rather, she's one of those people that I feel knows me so well that she can almost see right through me. And I knew once I had told her that there was no way for me to shelter her heart from becoming broken. It was day two of being in the hospital. It still felt like the chaos was coming in waves, but during one of the down moments, my husband Brad had said to me, do you want to call Aaron? Brad knew Aaron and my relationship and that she was most definitely one of my people. I remember quickly replying to him and saying, no, I can't. I don't know what to say, and I don't know how to tell her. But truthfully, at that moment, I wanted to talk to Aaron so badly. I wanted everything to just go back to normal. I also knew that during this phone call, I was going to have to be strong because this news was going to hit her hard. I'm a person that has always liked to protect those that I care about. Up until now, no matter what the scenario was, I was always able to flip it and draw out some sort of positivity. Typically, I would have found the strength to put a little smile on my face and say that everything will work out and everything will be alright. Throughout my life, I never really wanted my family to stress, and so I always enlisted an optimistic attitude in hopes that they would too. But the truth was, I did enough stressing on my own for everyone. But this time, I felt broken, and I wasn't alright. Later that day, I did make that phone call, and it totally sucked. It was the very first time that I had to do the phone calling, and that I had to break the news to somebody that we loved and cared about. Within hours, Erin had booked her flight. And the very next day, she had arrived at the hospital. Both of us were trying really hard to stay strong for each other. But within moments of her arriving, we both completely crumbled. 
Erin was making her way around the room. She gave my mom a hug, then she went over to my husband Brad and gave him a hug. Then I could hear her make her way towards me. Suddenly, her arms were tightly wrapped around me when my body flinched. I just sat there, shocked momentarily by my reaction. And I knew Erin could tell that that hug suddenly startled me. Yet, I knew it startled her in a completely different way as well. I remember her whispering to me. She said, holy crap, you really can't see. You didn't see me at all coming in for that hug, did you? Oh my god, you're really blind and you can't see anything. I could hear the reality and understanding setting in her voice. I let out a tearful giggle and I said, nope, nothing. At that moment, both of us were laughing and crying and our emotions were all over the map. I remember Aaron stood back for a second and said, I'm coming in for a hug. I reached my arms out and I hugged my best friend. Despite living in another province over seven hours away from me, Aaron was most definitely there for me and my family. She checked in with me, she would message my husband, and she would even contact my mom just to make sure everything was all right. Aaron came down for my second surgery as well, during the period of time that I had to lay face down for 10 days. There really weren't many people that I wanted to be around when I was in such a vulnerable position. I had always betrayed myself as a strong person. It really didn't feel very true anymore. But Aaron and I spent the entire afternoon visiting. It was so nice. It just felt so relaxing and normal. With Erin, I never take our friendship for granted. Knowing her, however, as well as I do, her actions and caring nature are second to none. There is most definitely something nurturing that comes from a comfortable, long-term friendship. Being able to say that Erin is my best friend is definitely an honor. However, somehow I've been rewarded with a second best friend, and I recognize that this is very much a privilege. Our friendship is not based on a long-term history of growing up together, but rather, she is somebody that I have met and has become a huge part of my life since I lost my sight. I'm talking about my friend, Valine. Yep, you heard it right. Her name is Valine. Not Valin, not Valian, Valine. I say this because everybody gets this wrong at first, including me. When I think of Valine, I feel happy and upbeat, and I prepare myself for a glass of wine and some good laughter. We first met really on the most random of occasions. We were dropping our kiddos off on their very first day of preschool. I was there feeling like I looked like a hot mess. I couldn't see anything at all, and I had done my hair for the very first time to attempt to go out in public. Brad had been the one to help me pick up my clothes, and I had zero makeup on. I decided to put on my oversized Kate Spade sunglasses as a form of camouflage. I wasn't feeling super confident, to say the very least. 
But when we arrived, our kids had recognized each other right away because they had gone to the same daycare together and had become good friends. They popped out of each of our vehicles and ran towards each other, leaving us, as the parents who did not know each other, to awkwardly intermingle. I didn't know anything about this family at all. Brad had gotten out of the vehicle and had quickly made his way over to the passenger side to take my hand and start maneuvering our way towards the front entrance. However, before I could take even two steps forward, Feline had already approached me. She had said in her bubbly, outgoing way, Hi! I automatically thought to myself, Oh God, I don't know you, I don't know anything about you, I don't know what you know about me, but... I was able to muster up a hello. But by the second sentence of our entire conversation, I knew that we were going to be friends. The next words out of her mouth was, Wow, your hair looks really good. How did you possibly do that? She followed that by, I'm so sorry I heard about your vision loss. I was seriously still stuck on the hair comment. I let out a little bit of an audible sigh of relief. And suddenly... My guard was entirely let down. This woman that I did not know at all was speaking my language and treating me like a human being, not a broken object. Time progressed, and as it turned out, the new house that we had almost completed building and we were getting ready to move into was about 10 houses away from hers at the exact same acreage complex. In time, Valine invited me over for coffee, out for coffee, to go for pedicures or out shopping, and to do fun things with the kids, to take them swimming or to the splash park or even out for ice cream. It was all a lot of fun. But at the time, I thought this all was totally absurd. I had no idea how to do any of these things as a blind individual. I didn't have the confidence, and I didn't at all feel like myself. But somehow, with Valine's help and support, I was able to fumble my way through it, all while building this amazing friendship. Valine has helped me out in ways that she doesn't even know. She believed in me way before I even began to believe in myself. I remember the one-year anniversary of my vision loss was approaching. By this point, Valine and I had become really good friends, and it felt like we had known each other forever. She knew that this anniversary was bringing up a lot of old emotions, but what did she do? She turned it into a celebration. She arrived at my door, holding a beautiful plant and a card written in Sharpie. She had bought an anniversary card, crossed it off, and wrote, Happy anniversary." With a smile, she handed me them both and said, You've come a long way this year, my friend. Let's celebrate. She was totally right. We had all come a long way in that first year. And now, each year going forward on that anniversary date, I don't look back and begrudge how life used to be. But rather, I look back at all of the accomplishments that had taken place within that year and how grateful I continue to be to have some eyesight 
and a lot of really amazing people in my life. When I first lost my sight, one of my biggest concerns that I had was that parents were not going to allow their children to come over and play at our house with Bennett because of my vision loss, because they judged and questioned how I was going to be able to supervise the kids and keep them safe. I've often thought, how would I have reacted to this type of situation? Would I drop Bennett off at a mom's house with a similar situation? I don't really know definitively the answer to that question. But in my heart, I really hope that the answer would be yes. I had grown up in a home where kids were always welcome. Friends were always over, swimming in the pool, staying for supper, or maybe even for a sleepover. Our house was constantly action-packed. And I really wanted the same for our son. I wanted Bennett to be comfortable inviting kids over, and I wanted his friends to know that they're always welcome at our home. But I was afraid that this opportunity was lost because of my sight loss. I really haven't shared this concern with many people, except for my husband. But to my surprise, one day when Valine and her daughter were over at our house, the kids were playing and having so much fun. When Valine had said it was time for them to go, the kids had pleaded, please, just a few more minutes. Can we play, please? Valine looked at me and said, I just have to grab a couple of groceries. Do you mind if I run out and grab a couple of things and then zip back here and pick her up? With a smile, I said, yes, of course, please go, take your time. Before leaving, Valine asked, do I need anything from the store that she was going to? I said, no, but thank you so much for the offer. I totally appreciated it. What I appreciated even more was her trust. Time has shown that my concerns really only existed in my own mind. Bennett is super social, and he's made a lot of really great friends over the years who belong to some really amazing parents. I have these two beautiful best friends, and I also have many other friends that I hold close to my heart as well. I have amazing, caring, outgoing, and very involved family. Yet, despite everyone's best efforts in trying to understand what life was like for me, none of them can completely understand. And I was really craving the opportunity to speak to somebody else who was like me. I was longing for the confirmation that everything I was trying to do and achieve was actually reachable. I was really wanting to talk to somebody who was visually impaired, yet was a mom, a wife, and somebody who was career-oriented. Somebody who has been successful at doing all of this. But the only problem was, I didn't know any blind people. It's not like you lose your sight and you're suddenly signed up to be part of the blind community. And FYI, Not all blind people know how to read Braille. I get asked that question a lot for some reason. Also, we don't all wear sunglasses or wave our head back and forth like Stevie Wonder. And 
Most definitely, we all do not wear sweatshirts with cats all over them. The reason why I definitively know this was because I was introduced to my friend, Ashley. I met Ashley when I was about a year into my vision loss. Ashley was leaps and bounds ahead of me because she had grown up with limited eyesight. She patiently answered my questions and validated my thoughts. But she also told me a lot of things that I wasn't expecting her to say and that I really wasn't ready to hear at that time. Like, barely on into our friendship, she told me that I should really be using my white cane. I remember thinking, what? No, I'm fine. I thought we were friends. Then she continued by saying, just so you know, if you have to go to your son's school for some reason, and you happen to be not walking in a straight line, or bumping into various objects, or tripping over small children, vision loss is not going to be at the forefront of what they think is wrong with you. They're going to think you're totally drunk, perhaps in the middle of the afternoon. I remember thinking, ooh, right, good point. But truthfully, I still didn't want to use my cane. Like Valine, Ashley was also very quick to force me out of my comfort zone. She told me one day that we were going to go shopping and that she was going to show me how blind girls shop. I remember laughing out loud and being like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but is that a thing? She was very insistent that this was happening and that I had to start getting out into the world more independently. However, I guess she did give me the option as to which mall we were going to. I figured at that point, why slowly tear the band-aid off? Let's just rip it and get this over and done with. She had her guide dog, and I had my cane. And for the very first time, I felt like I was on an episode of Candid Camera. To say the very least, it was stressful, and I was totally out of my element. But I have to admit... I laughed a lot that day, and I learned a lot. It actually ended up being a really great experience. But don't tell Ashley that. Ashley has taught me so much over the years. She's taught me that it's okay to relax, breathe, and laugh. Yet, she's also taught me that it's okay to be frustrated overwhelmed, or sad at times. I also believe in positivity and having an optimistic attitude. I believe it's irrefutable. I believe that my positive attitude and by surrounding myself with positive people has had nothing but a positive effect on my entire life. So, I wish that I could name each of you and that I could share all of the heartfelt, momentous things that you, my amazing friends, have done for me over the years. For example, if at one point over the past seven years, you've stopped by and dropped off a simple meal, if you've given me a call or a text to let me know that you're going to the grocery store and offer to pick me up any items, If you swung by my house and dropped off a random hot chocolate simply just because, if you've ever given me a quick call just to check in and see how things are going, even when you're super busy, 
if you've ever picked me up and given me a ride someplace, or if you've ever lent me your shoulder or ear, or if you've ever seen me out in public and gone out of your way to simply come and say hi, knowing that very well you could have easily just walked by without me even noticing. Thank you. Thank you for all of these kind, heartfelt, simple gestures. Please know that none of them have ever gone unnoticed. Despite having some friendships dissolve over the years, I recognize that the friendships that I have and those that I hold closest to my heart far exceed any losses that I once had endured. Something about me that many people wouldn't know is that if I had to name my top five favorite shows of all time, within that list would be the show The Golden Girls. I used to watch this show with my grandma, and unfortunately she passed away when I was quite young. But whenever I hear the opening theme song to this show, it just makes me smile. I think of her, but I also think about my friends and how life in general doesn't really provide as many opportunities to slow down enough to say something as simple as, thank you for being a friend. So today, I've decided to take that moment and I've invited Valine here today to come and chat with us. Okay, Valine, here we go. My first question for you is, way back in the beginning, you were crazy comfortable in interacting and helping out with me as a visually impaired person. And I'm pretty sure that I am the only visually impaired person that you know. So I'm just curious, how on earth was that so natural for you? Oh, well, you know, Becky, I think... um our relationship has always just jived really well. Um, I didn't really know you prior to your accident, but I think that once we were able to connect, we just kind of hit it off from there. Um, as you are well aware, um, I'm the kind of person that what you see is what you get. And our relationship has always just been very open and honest and straightforward. And it started like that right from the beginning. So I think that as far as how I felt around you, I think that it just kind of, it just kind of flowed. And that's just, I think that's why it's just as natural as it is. On this journey that we've all been on together, is there a moment or something you've learned that's really stuck out that you feel would be beneficial for others to know? Yeah, I think um, for me, I always, I'm, I'm the type of person that I always want to try to fix something or offer advice or, you know, just, just try to, well, and if, I want to be supportive, of course, but I think that for me, a lot of it is that I just have to sometimes take a step back and realize that even though I think I know what you're going through or what you've been through, I really don't. So even though it doesn't change me from offering my advice and being a good friend and being supportive and being trying to be, you know, non-judgmental. I think that more than anything, given who you are, I've realized that I can give my opinion and then I just need to give you time. Okay. My next question is, do you think this experience has changed you at all by having a close friend that can't really see all that much? Well, I think 
yes and no. Like I'm definitely more, when we go out, I'm definitely more aware of, um, how I can support you, but yet not being overbearing. Um, but I think that in the end, when you meet people, like when people come into your life that you connect with, they always change you. But yet at the same time, you are who you are and I'm still who I am. Okay, my last question may take a bit of consideration on your behalf. And I have to preface it by saying, I've learned that sometimes people can actually see things before somebody can actually tangibly feel it. (laughs) And so I think we're planning on being friends for a long time. So, you know, we're going to age. Yep, things are going to change. Hormones are going to shift and gravity is going to kick in. And I'm just curious, if I start sprouting a random man beard or some sort of unruly facial hair, would you be that go-to gal that I could trust that would let me know before things start getting out of hand? So my question actually is, would you be willing to have that conversation with me? Uh Well, I think you know me well enough, and I have a feeling you know what my answer is going to be, but it would be yes, absolutely. Um, We have, I've plucked your eyebrows before. You know, I'm pretty sure I've told you if there's something on your face. If I didn't tell you that you had a man beard or growing facial hair, I would either tell you, direct you where to go, or else I would drive you there myself. So yes, yes, I would tell you. And that brings us to the end of this episode of The Blind Reality. I'd like to thank my best friend, Valine, for coming and chatting with us today. And as always, I'd like to thank my family for their continued love and support. This episode was written and produced by me, Becky Zarr. Technical production was provided by AMI-audio's Sam Robinson. And the manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Remember, until next time, if you need a hand, get it. If you can give a hand, give it. Thanks for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.